It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Need to get your football fix on all things Army, Navy, and Air Force? This is Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. Now, here are your hosts, Price Atkinson, Steve Carney, and Mike Lovell. All right, welcome into another edition of Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy Football, part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. I'm Price Atkinson. He is Steve Carney. And Stephen, maybe the most eyebrow-raising weekend of the season, a pair of very surprising results that we're going to get into. We got all three teams back in action, everybody hosting Senior Day this weekend, Travis Manion Foundation honor roll segment. We got picks. We got a lot to do here. But like I just mentioned, Steve, we had three games last weekend. What would you say? I know that probably the Army-Air Force game was probably the most shocking result, but I think all things told, last weekend had to be the most eyebrow-raising weekend of the season considering what transpired. Yeah, I, I certainly think so. Uh, you know, you saw uh, Army kind of have a, a bit of a hangover when it came to uh, their matchup this past weekend. You you mentioned, uh, you know, what they did against Air Force and then coming back, and we'll, we'll get into their game with Holy Cross here in just a minute. But, you know, I really thought that the, the probably the biggest surprise had to be what, what happened out West. You know, we, we, we had a, a a certain thought that, you know, air force was going to come out and they were going to play angry. And that turned out to not be the case. They didn't play angry uh, this past week uh, out in Hawaii. And now they're going to find themselves, Unfortunately, not looking for a for a New Year's Six bowl game, but just uh, any sort of uh, secondary bowl that's going to be willing to take them. Will will they end up uh, in Detroit? It, it always seems like uh, that was the game. You know, the the Armed Forces Bowl uh, in Detroit. It looks like mm-hmm. it it's going to be there. The Military Bowl at, at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium could be uh, an option uh, as well, but. They've they've found themselves now in a situation where they could be in big trouble uh, going forward. The the Falcons and uh, it starts with mm-hmm. a a very very important matchup that we'll we'll get to this week. But um, you know it 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 was definitely very eyebrow raising about how Army played and and how Air Force played in two games that I think that we both believed they had pretty easy opportunities that that ended up going by the wayside 
Well, let's get into the three games real quick. Late in the week, uh, we'll touch on all three games here fairly quickly, but then we'll pivot and get you ready for what's ahead this weekend. But like you mentioned, uh, let's start with Army and Holy Cross. Army 17-14 to at home at Mikey Stadium over Holy Cross, the Crusaders number 22 out of the FCS. Um, you know, Army's second straight win of the season. They got all they wanted and then some. Uh, from Holy Cross, and you know, while the Crusaders were down 14-0 going into the fourth quarter, this thing was was far from over. But I think the big thing is Army played mistake-free football without a single turnover. Um, you know, Holy Cross they had a fumble, an interception, but they outgained Army 395 to 269, and including outrushing the Black Knights by uh, a margin of 239 to 190. And Holy Cross had. 15 more first downs, held the ball for five more minutes than Army did, yet it's the Black Knights uh, that get a 17-14 to win. Steve, a couple big plays uh, in this game, and it really started right out of the gate um, for the Black Knights. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the, they blocked a punt. Uh, on uh, Holy Cross's first drive that that ended up being returned by Ilamadozi for a touchdown that got the that got Army out to that early lead because uh, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, I thought that the Crusaders were the better team uh, in this game. They looked like mm-hmm. uh, the stronger the stronger squad. They were more prepared. You know, it really amazed me to see how Army looked so much different this week going into Holy Cross than they did watching them dismantle air force but yeah you look uh you mentioned uh the turnover battle again uh after going plus six against the falcons uh the prior week they were plus two they had the blocked punt which is not uh part of the turnover ratio but really is another stop uh so you could say they were plus three in that case and one of them leading directly to six points but they had that stretch early on and then they had uh probably what i thought was one of the most uh one of the most pivotal moments coming uh in i should say midway to to late through the game they needed it the army's defense i don't think played very well for the most part but they stiffened when they needed it in the third quarter holy cross looked like they were going in for their first score and they get stopped with two shots from the one uh, the Crusaders had. Mm -hmm. And so it's a 16-play drive that the Holy Cross doesn't get six out of. They don't even get three out of. They get zero out of. And I thought that at that point, that's when Army took over and and sort of you saw things start to go the way of the Black Knights. Yeah, uh, Jabari Moore, senior, knocking away a a short kind of pop over the top pass to the tight end, Jacob Peterson, on that fourth and one to keep the Crusaders out of the end zone and, and keep them scoreless uh, in the game. That was late in the third quarter. You know, Army was up 14-0 going into the fourth. And, you know, Matthew Sluka, 24-yard touchdown pass to Shorter. That cuts the lead in half to 14-7. But a big drive by Army on the next series to just to get points. You know, a 26-yard uh, Quinn Moretzky field goal. That made it a 10-point margin with 459. And, you know, while Holy Cross did get a late touchdown, um, you know, Army gets the ball back and, and basically – 
fourth and one game on the line with 150 to go. Bryson Daly keeps it for two, uh, and it's a knee from there as uh, as the the Black Knights get the win on Veterans Day, a big one to get to four and six, Steve. So while you're still out of a, you know, you can't qualify for a bowl if you're Jeff Munkin's team, uh, still you, you want to be playing well down the stretch, and that's exactly what Army's doing is, is obviously they're, they're, you know, kind of building to that crescendo uh, with the chance to win the Commander-in-Chief Trophy in the Army-Navy game uh, coming up just a few weeks away yeah it, it, you are building and and now your your uh your bowl game is the is the army navy game um that, and that's the that's the good thing about army's schedule is yes you're not going to go to a bowl game this year um you're not going to be eligible to play beyond uh navy but you are going to be able to play in that army navy game which is going to be obviously one of the biggest games of the year in all of college football. And in price, you mentioned uh, Bryson Daly's play on fourth down uh, to allow them to run out the clock. Cause at that point uh, they had only gone one for two uh, in fourth down conversions. You don't make that conversion uh, and you give Holy cross uh, the ball back with, you know, at that, at that time it was what, uh, like a minute and 50, uh, left on the clock and uh, in a three-point game you know who knows what happens uh, with the Crusaders the way that they had been playing offense I think that they had that opportunity and you've got to give uh, credit to the uh, two armies offense to be able to put together uh, the drive that they needed and yes you know you would would have loved to have seen them get the first down prior to fourth down but you knew that was going to be four down territory. You knew that Army was going to go for it. They didn't want to punt the ball back uh, to uh, to Holy Cross at that point. So you know you got it. I will give all the credit in the world uh, to Army's offensive line and, and obviously to Bryson Daly, who did not have the greatest day in the world, but got the job done when they needed it. All right, uh, Army gets the win, seventeen to fourteen over Holy Cross. Next game, uh, let's go up to Annapolis, and probably the first of two—not probably—it is the first of two surprising results on the day. As the Mids were a three-point home underdog to visiting UAB, Steve, but in the end, it's the Midshipmen knocking off the Blazers, thirty-one to six. And I think it's safe to say now that after you know, musical chairs at the quarterback position. Navy has now fi- found their quarterback uh, the rest of the way as it was Xavier Arline getting the start yet again as he led the mids with, you know, 94 yards passing, including a touchdown and uh, on the ground, 19 carries, 109 with a touchdown. And so uh, I think right now there's no question that Xavier Arline is going to be the guy the rest of the way. But it was a game, you know, 31-6 to six as Navy improves to 4-5 and five and 3-3 three and three in the American I think much closer than the final score will tell you. I mean, you'll see a 25-point difference. But, I mean, shoot, late in the third quarter before, you know, Navy gets a field goal, I mean, it was, what, 10-6. to six, And it was it was still, you know, 10-6 to six going into the fourth quarter in a fourth quarter that was all Navy. But this thing did not get away uh, really until late. I mean, it was still an 11-point difference uh, with less than five minutes to go before Xavier Arline, you know, busted up the middle for – you know, virtually untouched for a 50-yard touchdown run uh, to make it 24-6, to six, uh, you know, with 4-12 remaining. Um, 
and, and that was, you know, that was the difference. I think, you know, there was uh, certainly the, we'll talk about here in a second, a, a pick six. It was massive, but, you know, our line put the game out of reach right there. Uh, and Navy did what they needed to do to run out the clock and, and getting an upset. Uh, there's no question. It was just simply a, a home upset because they were a three point underdog at home. Uh, they've been talked all season, head coach Brian Newbeer about you know, protecting their home turf, and, and they finally did that again uh, in the win over UAB, Steve. Yeah, absolutely, and you 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 put it very succinctly there. This game was much closer than the score indicated. Uh, you know, you think about it, Navy was only up on the fighting Trent Dilfer 7-6 at half. It was 10-6 going in to the fourth quarter, and at that point, the Blazers in that fourth quarter, there were, there was plenty of opportunity for this game to be a hell of a lot closer than it actually was, as UAB ran five plays, first and goal late in the game. The first was taken back, you mentioned, uh, 97 yards uh, for a pick six, and then Navy held with four stops uh, on the last drive. So you think about it, that's a 21-point swing in a game that was 25 points. So uh, this this game had all the makings of being a, a UAB win. And you can add in the fact that in the first half, uh, Navy turned the ball over. UAB had a chance at a, at a practically a chip shot field goal uh, and ended up pushing it. So uh, right there, there's 24 points out of 25. Uh, that could have gone the other way. So this game, I, I know that it's going. You're going to talk about the the fact that yes, this is a a good win uh, and a strong win defending uh, your home field against a team that is a heck of a lot tougher than a lot of people let on. UAB mm-hmm. had a had one of the toughest schedules in all of non Power Five co- uh, college football. They really did. I thought that. They were. They've had such a tough schedule, and, and I think that's by design. I think Trent Dilfer wanted to have uh, his team going up against some of the best, and yes, he knew he was going to come out on the short end on a lot of them. But uh, but he was really really strong. He's got a really strong squad, and, and the fact is that you know the Blazers had their chances. They weren't able to take mm-hmm. advantage of it. Navy was, and that's why they're they've got to still have an opportunity here with three weeks to go to get bowl eligible, needing two wins out of their last three games. Yeah, you mentioned there's still you know, postseason is, is is still possible for the midshipmen, but you got to keep winning, especially uh, East Carolina and then SMU, which is going to be very very tough before you get to the Army game because obviously we've talked about the Army game comes after bowl bids are handing out, so you've got to get the work done before the Army Navy game. But mm-hmm. uh, Steve, you mentioned chances for UAB. They had a chance late in the game. Uh, you know, the Navy dip defense played, you know, outstanding, especially in the second half. They only gave up a pair of field goals in the first half and pits the second half shutout. But uh, UAB almost got on the board as Jacob Zeno uh, was already intercepted once in the game, but with 2.03 remaining uh, as they were, you know, driving inside the Navy red zone. Um, let me set this up. Navy had been flagged for, let's just call them very questionable um, pass interference, uh, personal. You think? Uh, late, <laughs> late, yeah. Very, very questionable, um, which kept the drives alive and, and got them into the red zone. And then um, 
Rayon Lane, uh, defensive back, steps in front and makes a you know a, an outstanding play, picks off the uh, the pass at the goal line basically, and takes it 97 yards the other way for a pick six, and that w- was with two just two minutes uh, remaining. But Pete Medhurst's call, I don't know if you've heard it, Steve. If you if anybody has not heard it, to go back and find it on Twitter online. But Pete Medhurst may have had the most outstanding call of his illustrious career when he called the touchdown in the pick six. Did you hear it? I mean, it was – he let – when they say you let it all hang out, he certainly did. <laughs> I did not catch it live. Um, I wish I wish I had. I've heard uh, everybody talking about it, and I just have – I haven't had that, the opportunity to go back and, and, and li- relive it myself. But uh, I, I plan on doing that here uh, before too long because, uh, you know, obviously Med is an old friend of yours. He's an old friend of mine. Um, and, you know, obviously he's going to have one of the great calls uh, of his career doing that because that's that's a that's a fun uh, that that's a fun call to make uh, when it's when it's going your way. I can only imagine if that had gone the other way, how how desperate that would have sounded. Uh, you know, yo, stop it, please stop him. <laughs> somebody, somebody get in front of him. But, uh, but I, I just, uh, I love being able to, to hear, uh, the good people and, and our friends, uh, have those calls like that. I've not heard it live though. I've got to, I've got to go back and listen to it. Well, I said it to you. So you're going to be able to listen after this recording, but 31 to six, the midshipmen over UAB Navy now four and five, three and three in the American UAB dropping to three and seven, two and four in the league. The, you know, mentioned two very surprising results. Navy being one, uh, the last game of the day, if you stayed up after, uh, after dark, uh, a shocking result in Hawaii is the air force Falcons handed their second straight loss of the season, but more importantly, their first loss of the Mountain West Conference dropping into a tie now with UNLV for first as they fall to the Hawaii Rainbows 27 to 13. Hawaii improves to four and seven, two and four in the Mountain West, but uh, Air Force now has dropped two in a row after the eight no start. Um, you know, the good thing is you got a chance to really make some hay this weekend as you're going to, the Falcons going to be taking on UNLV with first place on the line. We'll talk about that in a little bit, but, you know, Air Force has been, no doubt about it, a second-half team all year. I guess they thought they could do that again. Uh, they got behind uh, from the get-go as the Rainbows took the opening kickoff, 75 yards on 12 plays, over seven minutes off the clock. Uh, the first of two, Braden Schrager, uh, TD passes to Profeli uh, Ashlock. And Hawaii led the rest of the way, going wire to wire to win their second straight game of the season. But simply put, it was just a flat a flat-out, flat performance by the Falcons, committing four turnovers, a fumble, three interceptions. Uh, quarterbacks Jensen Jones, Ben Britton didn't play very well. Zach Larrier did not play in the game, uh, nor did Air Force leading rusher Emmanuel Michelle. That certainly doesn't help you, but the fact you turn it over four times to a a team and a program that has struggled mightily over the years, and that's being kind. Um, you know, I think that's certainly uh, – Troy Calhoun's got some work to do as they've now lost two straight uh, as they get ready to take on UNLV, Steve. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, The fact of the matter is that you can't be minus 10 
um, and, and in two games and expect to come away with wins in either of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, after going minus six, minus four is just, uh, it's, it's unacceptable. You, you mentioned Jensen Jones and Ben Britton, Zach Larrier actually did get into two plays early. Um, they have him listed as, uh, two carries for one yard, but uh, obviously That's not right, having yeah. Larrier not having Emmanuel Michelle in, in this game uh, at all who uh, he did not play at all um you know that that's going to that's going to that's going to harm you uh you know you're going to you're basically playing offense with your hand tied behind your back and your and your feet tied together uh at that point and so um i i know you mentioned that that Air Force always feels like they're a second half team but uh, you know, they just found themselves in, in a in a situation where it, it just was just it was too difficult to come back from. And now yeah. they've got a very, very big it's, it, you know, the their their season's not over by any stretch of the imagination. They can still come away with a Conference USA championship. Um, they've got their work cut out for them as, you know, as you mentioned, with UNLV coming uh, to Falcon Stadium this upcoming week, and we'll get into that here uh, later on in the show. But you know, the fact of the matter is, is that if if they wanted a New Year's Six bowl game, it disappeared uh, late Saturday yeah. night out out in Hawaii because now they are just too far behind uh, the other teams yeah. that are that have the inside track. You know, you look at Tulane; yeah. uh, they probably have the inside track. They've got the better schedule. Um, they only have one loss. They they've got a a pretty uh, a pretty tough finish, um, I would say, uh, to try and get to the American Conference Championship. You know, they have FAU this week. They have UTSA next week, and then they'll probably play SMU in the in the conference championship game. I think Liberty has a much easier. Uh, track they've got UMass who only has three wins one of them being against Army and they have a three win UTEP team that they'll play before they play uh, I believe it's already been decided they're going to play New Mexico State in uh, the Conference USA Championship game but they've got an opportunity Liberty does to be 13-0 and uh, and so I, I think that having Liberty even though their their schedules stinks and uh, and Tulane uh in front of them, they've got no shot now uh, to be in a near six uh, bowl game. And I think that's got to be pretty disappointing if you're a Falcons fan. Yeah, especially starting eight. No, but you know, if there is a silver lining, you still are right there in the thick of the Mountain West Conference Championship race. You still have a chance to win a conference championship. And that's something yep. that Air Force has not done since, you know, joining the Mountain West. At least I can't remember back when their last one was. It has been it has been a long while. Uh, but the fact that this would be the chance to play in their first Mountain West Conference Championship game um, in school history would be big, and it's still there on the table. But he, Detroit coach Calhoun's got to get them refocused, and with just very little time to do it, especially coming back, you know, from Hawaii and making that long trip, getting ready for UNLV coming to town this weekend. All right, let's give out some game balls, Stephen. Uh, I think uh, I think we got a couple big plays that we're going to be highlighting with our game ball. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, uh, I'm going special teams with Army um, and Elo Madozi who uh, was able to uh, return Holy Cross's blocked punt 
for uh, the first touchdown of the uh, of the afternoon for the Black Knights uh, turned out to be huge uh, for them because obviously um, the the offense did not have a whole heck of a lot going on against the Crusaders. They needed every point they could get to to pull out the victory. So I'm going to give my game ball to Elam Adozi uh, for the block punt. How about you? I am going to go with another big play, obviously, in that game. Uh, but I'm going to go with the big play that Jabari Moore made uh, late in the third quarter as, as the Black Knights nursing a 14-0 lead, trying to keep uh, the Crusaders out of the end zone, and you know, on that fourth and uh, fourth and one, the, you know, the pop pass that uh, Sluka tries to throw and, and get to the tight end, it's knocked away there. Um, the six pass breakup this season uh, for the for the senior out of Hoover, Alabama, Jabari Moore, um, and now has 26 in his career for the Black Knights, second most in school history behind Derek McNally's 29. But you know, while you know, we agree that Army got you know. Honestly, Holy Cross outplayed them. Uh, they just outplayed them. Yep. Uh, obviously, the scoreboard didn't show that, um, but just too many mistakes, too too much. Uh, you know, they they didn't execute when they needed to. Uh, but the reason is because of some of the big plays, like you mentioned, the block punt by Madozi and then Jabari Moore coming up big there to keep a Holy Cross off the scoreboard uh, until they got to the fourth quarter. So Jabari Moore, uh, the senior defensive back, getting my game ball this week. All right, Stephen, let's step away real quick. Come right back. We got three games to tell you about. All senior days is Navy, uh, the Air Force Academy, and the Army Black Knights all honoring their seniors coming up this weekend. We have the Travis Manning Foundation honor roll. We got some picks to make, bro. So let's do that when we come back here and look ahead to our three games this week on Yards and Stripes, your home for service academy football. Yards and Stripes is sponsored in part by Ticket Smarter. College football season is here. We know you're looking for the best seats at the most competitive prices, and we want to make sure you take advantage of Ticket Smarter and their mobile app. We know more than ever that buying college football tickets online requires trust, and Ticket Smarter has partnered with more than 100 universities and 24 conferences as their official ticket resale marketplace. They've also partnered with ESPN Events as an official ticket resale partner as well. Purchase your tickets quickly, securely, and at the best prices on the secondary market with the Ticket Smarter mobile app or at TicketSmarter.com. We've got an additional offer for those listening to all of our podcasts on College Gridiron Coast to Coast. You can save $10 off your purchase of $100 or more with our promo code LWOS10. And if you spend more, you'll save more because you can get $20 off of any purchase of $300 or more with the promo code LWOS20. And that's not a one-time offer. You can use our code all season long and save for the best selection of seats to the biggest games. Don't wait, though. Get the best selections and pricing now with Ticket Smarter. Remember our codes LWOS10 and LWOS20. Think smarter, ticket smarter. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The latest with Navy, Army, and Air Force on Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. All right, continuing on here on Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy Football. I'm Bryce Atkinson. He is Steve Carney, and he is also feeling better now that he has gotten his UCF venting out of the way, folks. We won't... uh, we won't uh, t- peel the curtains back too far on that one as we are part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. Just search uh, College Gridiron Coast to Coast wherever it is. You get your podcast, Apple, uh, Spotify, Spreaker, doesn't matter. You will find us in much more uh, on the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. Uh, ACC this week, get off my pylon, Florida Football Insiders. Uh, that's just to name a few. We got so much more there uh, that is there for your listening pleasure as we barrel down the home stretch of the college football season. But let's barrel toward these games, Steve, that we have this weekend. As I mentioned, all three teams are at home hosting their respective senior day. And up first will be the Naval Academy hosting East Carolina. The Pirates 2-8, and 1-5 and five out of the American, taking on Navy again 4-5, and 3-3 three and three in the conference. A 12 noon kickoff on ESPN News and ESPN Plus from Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. Navy installed is a three-point favorite. Yes, last week they were a three-point dog. Well, this week they're a three-point favorite at home. The over and under. 31 and a half as the mids can still get bowl eligible with wins over ECU this weekend and then with an upset at SMU uh, before uh, the Army game, obviously, which is after the bowl bids or handed out. But uh, Navy leading the all-time series against ECU 8-2, to two, including 5-1 and one in conference games. However, both of ECU's wins have both come at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium, where Navy's just three and two against the Pirates. And um, ECU ruined Navy Senior Day the last time they were there uh, in 2021, a 38-35 win. Uh, Navy got a thriller, uh, won a thriller last year in double overtime, 23-20. to but the Pirates coming in, uh, Mike Houston's team with a defense with three defensive touchdowns, which is ninth most in the country. Uh, their offense has only lost two fumbles this season, which ranks six in the country as they're coming off a 22-7 to upset over FAU and then nearly knocked off nationally ranked Tulane 13 to 10 two weeks ago. So while the Pirates are two and eight playing better football down the stretch and, you know, nothing is a given for this Navy team going to have to come out and play another clean game on Saturday, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you you can call them ECU. I would call them FGU uh, because their uh, their kicker, Andrew Conrad, ha- has certainly gotten his work in. Uh, he's, he's one guy that isn't having to do post-game conditioning work that's for, that's for sure he had five field goals in their win uh, over the owls over in, in in Boca Raton last week and you're, you're absolutely right uh you would think that uh, a team that is two and eight that they're the perfect uh patsy to have into your stadium for senior day but East Carolina is is a much tougher and a much grittier team than than a lot of people will let on and yes they they were they suffered from the from a bad bad start. Um, you know they got they got their their butts handed to them 
by SMU uh, at home. You know, they they lost at home to Charlotte, the 49ers. Uh, that, I think, is maybe one of the most shocking uh, results of the year because the 49ers aren't very good either. Um, but uh, but but I, I certainly think that between uh, their the last couple of weeks, they they certainly have looked much, much better after after they went to the Alamo Dome and, and lost to UTSA. I think that that something mm-hmm. clicked with them. Um, their their ball possession has gotten much, much better. Um, they're controlling uh, the pace of play. They have slowed things down, uh, which I, I think is big for uh, for East Carolina. I don't think it's going to matter as much this week because Navy likes to play that grind them out style uh, as well. Um, whereas you know FAU likes to throw the football. They like they would love they would love a much faster pace. Tulane uh, the same way likes a much faster pace and, and was able to only escape. Uh, Greenville with a three-point win uh, in a game that was only 23 points totaled. Uh, so that the, that's not the way that Tulane likes to play. It's not the way that East Carolina likes to play. But it is the way the Navy likes to play. And, and so I, I do think that there's going to be uh, – this is actually a better matchup for the midshipmen than you will see about uh, against just about anybody going up against East Carolina all year. Yeah, East Carolina's defense ranks 25th in the country in rush yards per game, given up just 114. So uh, Navy going to face a, a fairly stout run defense uh, in East Carolina, also 18th in the country in tackles for loss per game. Navy just one of two quarterbacks, Steve. A note from uh, Scott Strassmeyer, the Navy SID's uh, game notes this week. Navy is one of two schools in the FBS this season to start four different quarterbacks this fall. Ty Lavatai, Blake Horvath, Braxton wow. Woodson, and now Xavier Arline. But Navy and Duke are the only two schools in the FBS to win a game with three different starting quarterbacks. As Lavatai was the starter against Wagner and Charlotte, Horvath started against in the win over North Texas and then Arline in the win last week over UAB. So a little wow. nugget there as we get ready for East Carolina and Navy 12 noon kickoff on ESPN News and ESPN Plus. Again, Navy a three-point home favorite. All right, traveling up to Mikey Stadium, back-to-back games. This is going to be on Saturday. Uh, if the Armed Forces uh, Service Academies is your is your thing, the Armed Forces, well, you're going to have back-to-back with Army and Air Force playing on the CBS Sports Network. But Army's up first, hosting Coastal Carolina, the Shants, 7-3, and three, taking on the Black Knights, 4-6, and six, a noon kickoff on the CBS Sports Network. The Chanticleers are a four-point favorite over under set at 43 and a half mentioned Mikey Stadium will be the scene for senior day uh, as the Black Knights going to honor uh, a host of seniors playing their final game you know but this all-time series they've only played once and that was last year when Coastal won it 38 to 28 I believe that was the season opener down in Conway uh, on it was heel turf yeah, uh, the Shots making their fourth ever trip to the Empire State, though, one and two all-time heading up to New York. But I guess the big question for uh, the Chanticleers is, you know, I just mentioned three quarterbacks, uh, you know, playing, you know, and winning games for Navy and Duke this year. Um, you know, 
might that change on Saturday uh, as the Shants have had to really mix things up this season at quarterback themselves, where Grayson McCall, the outstanding signal caller who surprised a lot of people, I think, by returning for another season at Coastal, um, you know, got hurt. I believe it was the Arkansas State game. He got drilled um, and had to be taken off the field on that in that game on October the 21st on a stretcher. He's remained in concussion protocol, hasn't been still hasn't been cleared by the doctors yet. Uh, so they've had kind of a hodgepodge at, at quarterback there. Ethan Vasco, a, a freshman, has been the main guy lately, uh, but Tim Beck has had to play uh, three quarterbacks, three different ones since McCall has been out with the injury. I think that will be one of the big stories to watch is what might happen, who might be the guy. If it's not Vasco, could McCall make his return this week? Yeah, I, I think I think that that's that's going to be the big question because obviously if if Vasco is ineffective, Blake Boda, uh, who has also uh, thrown, uh, and, and Kyle Duplessis, who I has not been has not been very good. Jarrett Guest uh, had uh, had uh, a little bit of success uh, against Marshall, but it's been it's been both it's been the Ethan Vasco show uh, for the last three or four weeks. Uh, now, yeah. uh, I, I really do think that um, you, it could it could most certainly uh, end up being uh, a a return uh, of Grayson McCall if he's healthy. I, I think I think if McCall is healthy, and and I went back and I watched uh, when you when you mentioned the uh, the hit uh, against Arkansas State for Coastal. That's a that's a very very scary moment, mm-hmm. uh, and to watch your yeah. uh, quarterback. Uh, basically out on the turf and have to be uh, carried off the field on a on a stretcher. That's that's not what you want to see. Um, Coastal is a is not the same team as they were last year. Uh, obviously, we all thought that Coastal may have been one of the best non uh, Power Five teams in all of college football last season. This year, uh, they only have three losses, uh, as you mentioned. <laughs> Uh, two of them are to Georgia teams, Georgia State and Georgia Southern, obviously taking Bulldog scraps uh, mm-hmm. in both of those teams. Uh, and then they lost to UCLA the first game uh, of the year before we all realized that UCLA is not uh, Washington or USC uh, in the Pac-12. But yeah. at that point, UCLA, you know, a lot of people thought that UCLA could be a Pac-12 uh, conference title contender. Uh and so uh, this is still a very good Chanticleer team. Uh, and uh, I certainly think that uh, Army's going to have uh, its work cut out for them, especially if, if the Chanticleers are able to throw the football. Um, and, and if Grayson McCall's in the game, uh, I really do think that they're going to work to try and throw the football as much as possible. Yeah, I just double-checked, and McCall is going to miss the game on Saturday. Vasco has been named the starter uh, well then, Army, so then, then, then you're 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 still going to see the Chanticleers throw the football. Uh, they're going to want to throw the football a lot. They're going to want to try and exploit uh, Army's defensive backfield. But it, it would have been it would have been a much more potent offense with uh, with McCall under yeah. center. That's for sure. No question. Army has won two straight. They've got a, the mojo going now. But the Shots have won five in a row themselves, as, as you mentioned there. But the, we know the last time that Air Force or Army went up against a team with a hefty winning streak in the Air Force, we remember what happened in, in that one. So might not be that long ago. The same thing. And, <laughs> 
No, it was not. It was just a couple weeks ago. So might they be able to do that to the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers coming up from Conway just outside of Myrtle Beach? We will find out, but should be a good one there at Mikey Stadium. Again, a 12 noon kickoff there. Coastal, a four-point favorite uh, in that matchup. All right, last game of the day, and this one is a big one. Uh, Steven, no other way to put it. First place in the Mountain West Conference. It is on the line as UNLV is 8-2, and 5-1 and one in the Mountain West, heading to Colorado Springs to take on identical record Air Force, 8-2, and 5-1, and one, a 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time kickoff, 1.30 p.m. locally there in the Springs on the CBS Sports Network. In the matchup for first place in the Mountain West, Air Force installed as a field goal favorite at home. Over-under is 47-and-a-half. As Air Force is, you know, simply put, trying to snap that two-game losing streak after the 8-no start and when they rose to number 17 in the polls. Um, big game for two reasons. Obviously, that first place is on the line. Um, but you ask, well, what happens next week? Who does each team play? Well, Air Force will be heading to Boise State to play on the Smurf turf. UNLV will be hosting San Jose State. So while next week Air Force will be on the road, UNLV will be at home. Both Boise State and San Jose State have identical records, 5-5, five and 4-2 five, and two in the Mountain West. Um, but the senior day, uh, final home game uh, of the season and up for the careers at Falcon Stadium uh, is over 46 players, managers. They're going to be honored in the pregame ceremony with a senior class that has gone 31-11 and 11 overall, 18-8 and eight in Mountain West Conference games uh, during their tenure tenure there in Colorado Springs. The Falcons lead the overall series 18 to 6 including uh 9 and 2 versus the Rebels at home. The Falcons have won 5 straight overall in this series. Might they make it 6? A big one on Saturday, Steve. It's going to be huge, especially because the question was, you know, is UNLV real? Uh, this year we had that we had that question come up a couple of weeks ago I I posed you know hey could I know a lot of people are looking at that Boise State game to end the year as being the biggest test for Air Force uh, the rest of the way and I was like well don't look out for UNLV it's going to be that's going to be a big game and and the question was you know you know who is UNLV played? Have they have they done anything? You know, really, uh, you know, the, really their their toughest opponent uh, at that point was coming up. Uh, they were going to go to Fresno State. They end up losing that game in Fresno, but then they turned around. They beat Wyoming by twenty uh, at home, and you know, Wyoming is is not. Uh, a bad team at all. And so I think they, yeah. that is a, that's a, that's a very good win uh, for UNLV, but this is going to be a much different type of opponent uh, for the Rebs. I, I, I really do think that, you know, this is a game, you know, if you're, uh, if you're Fresno state, you certainly are rooting for UNLV because at that point uh, you've got, you've got the conference championship uh, on your track. It's on your mm-hmm. racket. Um, you know, if you're Fresno State and you're seeing that you're going to have to go to Colorado Springs for a uh, for a Mountain West title game, that's certainly that's not something that you want to you want to consider. You want you want to be able to go to Las Vegas, uh, and and especially because of the way that things end. Um, if you're Air Force, you need this win and you need this win badly. And I, I think that they're going to yeah. come out and, and get this and get the win that they need and, and honor what has been. 
you know, I, I think you can say that this may be the most successful senior class going back to the Fisher to Berry days. Uh, you know, being yeah. 20 games over 500, this, this is a very, very strong senior class and they're, they certainly are going to want to go out and, and get a, and get another win here uh, in their final home game and send, send the fans home happy for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. The impact the senior class for the the Falcons has had on the program and 16 and four record in Falcon stadium, really want to make that 17 and four to have the inside track with one more regular season game at Boise state left uh, but this class has been bowl eligible all four years you know posted two and oh bowl records with back-to-back wins over power five programs in those bowls and you know obviously won the commander-in-chief trophy in in 2002 so no doubt about it uh, a legacy of of uh, success to say the least for for these seniors that are going to be going out but a, a big one uh, on Saturday is Air Force last year, a 14 to 42 to seven win in Las Vegas, a couple early fumbles by UNLV helped Air Force build a, a quick 14 0 lead and then a 28 seven advantage. But, you know, Barry Odom has, has got this thing flipped right now. And with his defensive background, you know, he's going to have something dialed up for, for Air Force uh, on Saturday is the Falcons, a three point favorite again, three thirty Eastern standard time kickoff one thirty locally in the Springs uh, on, the CBS Sports Network. We got some games to pick. We got our Travis Manion Foundation honor roll segment. We got a couple news notes to pass along. We got that to do when we wrap it up here on this episode of Yards and Stripes, your home for service academy football. In 2007, Marine First Lieutenant Travis Manion was killed in Iraq after saving his wounded teammates. Travis's legacy lives on through the words he spoke before his final deployment. If not me, then who? Words that today fuel the spirit of Travis Manion Foundation. And through TMF, these words can live in you, too. Show the world what you're made of, because character is invisible until it's not. Find out how you can strengthen the character of your community alongside empowered veterans, families of the fallen, and inspired civilians at travismanion.org. All right, continuing on in this episode of Yards and Stripes, your home for Service Academy football, and you know it's that time where we honor and remember a fallen hero on our Travis Manion Foundation Honor Roll segment. And the Travis Manion Foundation is doing incredible work in communities all across the country as loved ones are carrying on the legacy of servicing commitment of their loved one uh, with special projects all across the country. You can find out how you can get involved and support the Travis Manion Foundation online at travismanion.org. And this week, we're going to honor a member, a member of the United States Navy. Commander Peter G. Oswald. Commander Oswald, he gave the ultimate sacrifice on August the 27th, 2002, from injuries sustained during a training-related accident in southern El Salvador. The exercise he was conducting used standard fast roping technique to exit Black Hawk helicopter. Oswald was the commanding officer of the Naval Special Warfare Unit based out of Roosevelt Roads, Puerto Rico, a unit in charge of Naval Special Operations missions and training for the Southern Command. Oswald was a native of Bellingham, Washington, a star student and athlete at the United States Naval Academy, where he graduated in 1984. He was survived by his parents, brother, two brothers, his wife, and three daughters. Quote, he was on the fast track to being one of the top leaders of the community. This is a tight-knit community. Most of the SEALs knew him and are devastated by his tragic loss. End quote. That being Lieutenant Commander Darren James, spokesman, spokesman for the Naval Special Warfare Division based out of San Diego. 
Commander Peter Oswald was honored through the Travis Manion Foundation's Character Does Matter program presented to campers in the Naval Academy Summer Seminar Program and the Academy's STEM Camp for Rising 11th Graders. And again, you can get involved with TMF online at travismanion.org. Find ways that you can honor a fallen hero, uh, ways you can honor somebody it is that you know in your local community. Just go online at travismanion.org. Travis Mannion Foundation's 9-11 Heroes Run 5K Race Series unites communities across the country and around the world to honor the sacrifices of September 11th and the war since. Join your community this September and register to run, walk, or rock by visiting 911heroesrun.org. The latest with Navy, Army, and Air Force on Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. Welcome back here to Yards and Stripes. Bryce Atkinson, Steve Carney. want to thank the Travis Manning Foundation for allowing us to partner with them yet again this season, highlighting um, veterans that have given that ultimate sacrifice and not just that, but the legacy of, of commitment um, that their families are carrying on in communities across the country. You can get involved at travismanion.org. Uh, this month, the month of November, uh, Veterans Day, obviously, this past weekend, where he stopped. And, you know, as I like to say, you know, Veterans Day to me is it should be every day. Um, thanking veterans like yourself, Steve, people that have served, um, that, you know, have given that many, many years. Uh, some have given their lives, um, you know, of service, 20 years, 25 years uh, of active duty, Um you know, to our nation. Uh, but the Travis Manning Foundation is, is, is got a drive going on during the month of November uh, where you can donate to, to help give to our nation's heroes a, a path to improve their mental health. And you can go online to donate now, find out more information about what the Travis Manion Foundation is doing to help improve the mental health for our nation's heroes that come home that have served. So check that out online at travismanion.org. Um, Steve, a couple news notes just real quickly to pass along. Uh, a big announcement, though, earlier this week is Air Force Superintendent uh, Lieutenant General Richard Clark named the next executor, executive, excuse me, the next executive director of the college football playoff. He'll be replacing the first and only uh, executive director, uh, Bill Hancock. Bill, just a, a wonderful person I've had the chance to work with during his time at the college football playoff and then at the Olympics. Uh, Bill's going to be stepping away, uh, but the college football playoff and naming Air Force Superintendent Lieutenant General Richard Clark uh, to take over uh, next summer as he'll officially start the job in June. Um, a former Air Force player, had a 38-year military career. Um, he'll be moving over to the college football playoff, and obviously a lot of big changes going under or underway with the playoff expanding to 12 teams next year. Likely a new TV deal that's going to be expected to be a multi-billion-dollar deal, most likely. And who knows if you know the college football playoff? You know they evolve into an organizing body for college sports, specifically for. For college football. So a lot happening is a, a big transition time as he'll take over executive director of the college football playoff, Steve. Yeah, what a great, what a great piece of news uh, for General Clark. I, I really do think that uh, it, it was funny. I, we were joking about this on the uh, uh, on the broadcast for the, the University of South Florida that uh, 
you know, obviously with uh, with Dick Clark taking over uh, in the college football playoff, you're going to have Ryan Seacrest obviously hosting, right? Uh, that's that's how, that's how it works. Uh, but uh, you know, you know, joking, you know, with a little little uh, name wordplay there. But uh, you know, it's a it's a great uh, responsibility uh, that General Clark is taking over. Uh, you know, Bill Hancock did a did a fantastic job. Uh, running the the college football playoff and the executive committee, but there there's nobody that I could see that w- can get uh, things in shape and, and you know any sort of um, excess and, and any sort of um, thought that there's going to be some sort of uh, favoritism towards uh, certain conferences. Um, you know, once this. Uh, once the the playoff expands to twelve, uh, I don't see I don't see anything better than a than a military officer being in charge uh, of this because it's a it's going to be a much it's going to be like wrangling cats and obviously uh, yeah. in the military uh, you end up having to deal with all sorts of people in all sorts of walks of life uh, and I think that he's going to have a a, a lot of success. Uh, doing what he's doing, and a lot of people are going to be very happy with how the college football playoff will look uh, moving forward with the 12-team format because uh, of what Richard Clark is able to do uh, for the for the committee. Totally, no question about it. An outstanding honor and, and a big opportunity for for General Clark. ESPN announcing that College Game Day going to travel to the 124th Army Navy game presented by USAA and Foxborough. Uh, the broadcast will be live on Saturday morning, uh, December 9th from 10 a.m. to 12 noon outside of Gillette Stadium. Uh, their Week 15 show. Uh, taking on the Army-Navy game yet again. So that they will be live again from 10 a.m. to 12 noon outside of Gillette Stadium there in Foxborough. And one final note to pass along, Steve, before we pick some games. Navy's game next weekend uh, at SMU. Obviously, SMU having a fantastic season. Uh, that game on Saturday, November the 25th, that will be a 12 noon kickoff. Uh, 11 a.m. locally there in Dallas on ESPN2. So Navy and SMU uh, on Saturday, the November 25th, Thanksgiving weekend, going to be a 12 noon Eastern Standard Time kickoff on ESPN. All right, brother, let's get to some games and get out of here. Let's pick all three of these games, and let's start um, in the order at which we brought them to you and kind of previewed East Carolina at Navy. Uh, noon kickoff there. East Carolina two and eight, Navy four and five. Uh, the mids a field goal favorite over under thirty one and a half. Which way are you going to go on Senior Day in Annapolis, Steve? Yeah, I, I I think you you understand that they are a team. The the Pirates are that are going to want to try and slow the pace down, which I think is going to work right into Navy's wheelhouse. Um, I I think you're going to see a um you're going to see some kicks uh from their kicker. Uh, from from East Carolina's kicker, uh, it's what he's been known for here over the last few weeks. Uh, but I think I think Navy is gonna is gonna be able to handle uh, the Pirates pretty easily. I have them uh, beating East Carolina twenty four nine on Senior Day twenty four to nine. I've got the mids by a field goal, not an not a East Carolina field goal, but obviously yes, a Navy field goal. I I think Navy's gonna win it on Senior Day twenty to seventeen. Uh, and get that win to stay in the hunt for a bowl game as they will then move to Dallas to take on SMU 
the following weekend. So we're both going with Navy on Senior Day there. Well, let's do Senior Day at Army up at Mikey Stadium. The Black Knights hosting Coastal Carolina. Coastal 7-3, and three, Army 4-6. and six. This one, again, a 12-noon kickoff at the CBS Sports Network. Uh, Coastal installed is a four-point favorite over under 43-and-a-half. Can the Army Black Knights, can they stop another big winning streak on Saturday, Stephen? Can they stop another big winning streak, Price? They can. Will they stop another big uh, long winning streak is another question to ask. And, and unfortunately, on my on my mind, that answer is no. Uh, I think that Coastal does get the win. Uh, I think this is 27-14. Um, I think that uh, unless Bryson Daly can have a, a big game under center for Army, I, I think that this is going to end up being uh, more than a one-score uh, lead for the Chanticleers. So I have them winning by 13. Yeah, I like Coastal by 10. I like the Shants 34-24, to 24, even without Grayson. If Grayson McCall was playing, I think I might go by a bigger margin, but with uh, freshman Ethan Vasco uh, going to be under center for the injured McCall, still out uh, after that hit uh, back on October 21st against Arkansas State. I think it's going to be a little bit closer. I think Army is going to be game. I just think Coastal is just going to have a little bit too much and a little bit too much speed and playmakers to to pull it off. To I yep. think it'll blow the over, uh, but I think it'll be a, a 10-point margin. So we're pretty close there. Finally, Air Force first place, as we mentioned, on the line against UNLV. Both teams identical 8-2 and two records overall, 5-1 and one the Mountain West, 3.30 Eastern Standard Time kickoff on the CBS Sports Network. Air Force, a field goal favorite at home. Over it under is 47 and a half. Who's going to have the inside track to go to the Mountain West Conference Championship game after this one, Steve? Oh, you're going to falcon it up there, Price. Uh, I have Air Force uh, taking this one. I have them uh, going over uh, as well. So uh, I have I have the Falcons beating the Rebels 31-27 in what's going to be a wild affair at Falcon Stadium because I know that UNLV wants this one bad. They they really do. They want to they want to be able to say that uh we've got the inside track uh of things uh and and to try and push Air Force out of a Mountain West uh conference uh playoff scenario. Uh, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think the Falcons win. I think they win close, but I think in in what's going to be a very high scoring game. What was your score prediction? 31-27. Oh, I knew I knew it. I wanted to make sure I heard that right. That's exactly what I had down uh, for you. <laughs> 31 to 27 is I, literally identical. I had it typed out just before we started this segment. Uh, so great minds think alike, especially if Air Force gets the win. One thing to, to keep an eye on this one, if this one does come down to a, a, a field goal, uh, I believe it's Jose Pisano, the field goal kicker for uh, UNLV, a Lou Grosio Award uh, semifinalist. I won't, you know, tip my hand fully on that one, but he he definitely was in my top three in the balloting as we cast Lou Grosio Award uh, votes the other day. Uh, I had him in my top three, um, you know, for the Lou Grosio Award this year for the nation's most outstanding kicker. Uh, but this guy is, is accurate. 
He can hit them from deep, uh, and he could be that weapon that could decide this thing. But you and I are, are alike, man. We think that the Falcons are going to get it done by the identical score of 31 to 27. So uh, if it lands on 31 to 27, we we must have some kind of fun Thanksgiving week because I'll be probably headed right out to the closest OTB I can find uh, <laughs> if we both nail that one. But Steve, Always appreciate you, my friend. Uh, great work as always, as you you know help keep things uh, straight, uh, produced, lined up, and and out to everybody on the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network, where you can listen to us every single week uh, during the college football season, wherever it is you get your podcast. Uh, we will be back again with you next week as we will get you ready as we come down the stretch in the final regular season uh, week of the season on Thanksgiving week next week. Uh, But, Steve, until then, man, we will talk to you then. Hope everybody has a great week. Enjoy the games on Senior Day. Go Army, go Navy, go, go Air Force, and we will talk to you then. Join us again next time for Yards and Stripes Service Academy Football. To get more on all things Service Academy Football, like Yards and Stripes on Facebook and follow them on Twitter at Yards and Stripes. And make sure that you're subscribing to the College Gridiron Coast to Coast podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and wherever you get your podcasts.